Oh, it's so good to be here. And I mean literally here too, in the building. This is my first time. And mums, I think you'll agree, this was amazing for me to be with no kids right now. I didn't have to do snack time once in that worship session. It was amazing. I didn't have to take anyone to the toilet, wipe anyone's bum. It was amazing, literally. So thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to just come and share with you guys. It's so, so good to be here. So, if those of you who don't know me, I'm Ruth, I'm Jonathan's wife. Um, I have three, we have three little daughters, little girls. There's a lot of pink, a lot of fairies going on. We've got into nail varnish and glitter. So if you see Jonathan with that on, just know that uh, that'll be his daughters practicing everything out on him. Um, I love food, I love um, dancing, I love health, I love fun, I love life. Uh, yeah, I'm mum of three, and oh, I had a baby during lockdown. That was fun and intense and weird at the same time. Um, and she's six months, crazy, and she's in her second lockdown. Woo woo, go Poppy. <laughs> she's going on. So um, today I want to speak about the, the sermon series that, from the sermon series that Josh set up last week um, so wonderfully for us as for me and my house. And Josh spoke last week, he gave an overview of, of the book of Joshua and gave us context to where the verse came from, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And if you, if you haven't listened to the message, I encourage you to go and listen to it because that is Joshua standing up in front of the Israelites saying, do you know what, there are idols out there, there are other gods, there are other things you can turn to, but as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. I choose to put my trust in the Lord. And, and today I want to talk about being steadfast. As for me and my house, we will be steadfast. We will be secure. We will be dutifully firm. We will be unwavering. And I want to jump right in and look at Joshua, the mighty man of Joshua. In Numbers chapters 13 to 14, we're going to sort of camp around here for a little bit, look up some verses and pick a few things out. So stay with me. So the Israelites have been in the desert waiting to get to the promised land. And there are 12 spies that go out to the promised land to, to spy it out, to, to get a recce of what they're about to go into. And Joshua and Caleb are tw two of those 12 spies. And they come back and they say, yeah, this is amazing. This is really good. The land is full. It's plentiful. It's got um, so much fruit growing, coming out of it. Sure, there are giants there, but God has said this is the promised land. And actually 12 of those, uh, sorry, 10 of those guys come back and they say, no, no, this isn't for us. There's giants, there's fruit there, but actually it's too scary. We can't go into that, even though God says it's the promised land. So I want to read from Numbers 14, 7 to 9. This is Joshua and Caleb. They say, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the land, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not revel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Why do Joshua and Caleb stand so strong when ten others fail? Ten others are scared. They are petrified and they're crumbling in the face of adversity. 
Reading on through chapter 14, verse 24, Moses is having a conversation with God, talking about the Israelites. Why is their unbelief and their whining stopping them seeing what God is showing them in the promised land? He says, God is saying to Moses, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went into and his descendants will inherit it. And I would be as bold to put Joshua in that too, that Joshua and Caleb were moving in a different spirit from the other 10 spies that went into that land. They were put there to see what God has given them. And actually 10 of them came back scared. No, yeah, and two of them came back saying, no, we can do that because they wholeheartedly believed God. And then after Moses dies, Joshua, um, God is being prepared by Joshua, God, no, sorry, Joshua is being prepared by God to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And God is saying to Joshua, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the Lord my servant Moses gave you. Do Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful." Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we can see that Joshua as a man, he was steadfast and unwavering throughout his whole of his life. God used him mightily and Joshua trusted God, trusted him and continually sought wisdom and understanding for what God had for the Israelites and for what God had for his life. He kept his focus on God and not on the surroundings and not on the giants and not on what people said. He kept his eyes fixed on God. He lived a life that was not shaken and I wanna live a life that is not shaken. As for me in my house, I will be steadfast. We will be steadfast. So if Joshua is what, what it looks like to be steadfast. If we see that in Joshua, what does it look like to be the opposite, unsteadfast, if that's a word? Um, is to be wavering, fragility, brittleness, slackness, a lack of resolve. Has anyone felt like that this year? I definitely know I have. It's been a crazy year, a crazy ride. Who saw this coming? Like, we just didn't know. And this year, especially for me, we moved from America to England with just clothes. With two children, I was pregnant, and I definitely think I'm like a grumpy, pregnant, tired woman. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's hard being pregnant, okay? <laughs> so we moved with just clothes, and we're like expectant to get settled in, doing life with family, doing life with you guys. Um, I've had two babies in America, but having this third child here being physically around family was just, it was really exciting for me. Just knowing, you know, hey, we can go to grandma's house. I can sleep on the sofa knowing the kids are being looked after. This is going to be amazing. And we're getting settled in. And then, you know, COVID hits. 
And Evie has just started. Evie is our oldest. She is four years old now. And she's so extrovert. She loves life. She loves people. And I'm like, she needs to go to nursery. She, she didn't need to be at home with me all the time. So for two days a week, she was going to nursery. And she started. And then a week later, lockdown hit and nursery's shut. And that was really challenging for her. And then and us coming back and being pregnant and learning everything about the NHS. You know, I know how to have a baby in America. <laughs> I know the steps you take. I've had two over there. But coming here and learning the NHS and learning how to go about everything here, and then suddenly COVID hits and everything's taken away. The people that you're coming face to face with, suddenly appointments are phone calls and Jonathan can't come with me on appointments and you're not allowed to see your families. Like, that was challenging. It's been a challenging year. And I know that you'll all have your own stories of how challenging it has been this year. But I want to be built to last. And that is what I feel like I've learned so much from God and I'm continuing to learn from God. How, how am I built to last? How am I built to be steadfast? God, what are you saying about this? And I got thinking about how buildings are built in earthquake zones. Right, so I did this, I did a little bit of research and there's a, there's a building in Taiwan that Taiwan has approximately 2,200 uh, 2, earthquakes a year. That's quite a lot of earthquakes. And they understand this, so they build uh, buildings to withstand the earthquakes and the shaking that goes on in the ground, so they will not fall. Because as a nation, they're not going to go anywhere. As a, as, a, as a country, they're not going to say, okay, there's earthquakes, so we're actually going to, everyone evict out, we're going to go and move somewhere else where there's no, there's no earthquakes happening. They're like, no, okay, earthquakes are happening. We're going to go through that. We're going to learn how the earthquakes shake a building. We're going to build buildings that won't tumble and fall um, because we're not moving. And I want to be that person. I want to be steadfast in my life no matter what is going on beneath me. The buildings are built to be flexible. There's a building called the Taipei 101, which I kind of like the sound of that building, Taipei 101. It's the 10th tallest building in the world. That's pretty tall. And it is built 660 feet from a major fault line. That is like crazy. Who would think in their right mind to build a building that tall? Um, but it's built with an incredible ingenuity. So towards the top of the building, in the center, which is kind of like here, <laughs> there's a huge pendulum and it serves as the tonned mass damper. And it, it costs three million pounds to make, which is a lot of money, and it's suspended. And it sways in the opposite direction that the building sways in when there's an earthquake or when there's strong gusts of wind. Listen to this. Taipei 101 was designed to be flexible as well as structurally resistant. Because while flexibility prevents structural damage, resistance endures comfort both for the occupants and for the protection of the glass, curtain walls, and other features. Being steadfast doesn't mean being rigid and unmovable and unchangeable. Being steadfast is to flex. There's a, so the world, this, you know, Jonathan and Helen spoke about it a little bit. In this world this, this year, we've heard a lot of things 
like the economy's gonna crash, like, oh, would, you know, just get ready for it, the economy's gonna crash, and we're being pulled this way, like into worry, into fear, into what are we gonna do, it's gonna all crumble around us. Yet we have the heart of God inside of us and the wisdom of God and the understanding that pulls us back in the opposite direction that we can move in the opposite spirit, just as Joshua and Caleb did, that says we are gonna move back this way, we're gonna pull against what the world is doing and we're gonna pull ourselves back into alignment. We're not gonna be shaken by what is going on around us. Because the truth is, in Philippians 4, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. We're not saying that this won't happen. We understand the situation. We understand in the natural what is going on, but we also seek wisdom and understand what God is saying about this situation. It may not change, but the way that we pull against it will change. We move in the opposite spirit and that steadies us and it grounds us. As for me and my house, we will be steadfast. We will move in the opposite spirit. We will trust God and we will be flexible. I wanna look at as well, Proverbs four. This has like a direct correlation of what God is speaking to Joshua about and it kind of unpacks it in a different way. So I'd love to read Proverbs four, five to seven. It says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom for she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. I love this bit. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. To be steadfast, we have to understand the situation. We have to know what's going on. The, t the building, the Taipei 101, they needed to know everything about how an earthquake moves. They needed to know about how it shakes a building. They needed to know about the materials used to build that building. Um, and they had to understand why things happen the way they do. And then they had to ask wisdom. Well, what if we did this? And what if we did that? And let's learn from that situation. And God, what would you say about building this building? They had to ask for wisdom and then they walked that out practically. Joshua and Caleb, when they went to the promised land to seek it out, they saw that there was giants there. They understood the situation. They have big armies, they have huge walls. They really knew what was going on there, but they also saw the goodness that was coming out of that land. And then they understood what God said about it. That's the promised land that I am giving to you. And then with wisdom, they walked it out. And those 10 other guys, they didn't have the wisdom and the understanding of God to see past their natural. They didn't see what was behind them, that actually God had led them through the desert, which is a desolate land, and had provided for them, and had shown them the way, and had kept them warm, and had fed them. And then obviously God's just gonna drop them in the promised land and they're gonna get slaughtered, no. The wisdom of God is bringing everything that he's spoken together to see it from his perspective and not our perspective, but also understanding what is going on in the natural. The enemy says the economy is gonna crash, or the world says the economy is gonna crash, but God will meet all of our needs according to his glorious riches. We will bring us back, we'll move in that opposite spirit. 
In verse 7 it says, though it costs you all you have, get understanding. That tan mass dampener that, that cost three million pounds to make, that's so much money. But for a massive reward of building the 10th tallest building in the world and a building that will not move or fall and crumble and crush people because it was flexible. A lack of understanding can be like arrogance. It can be pride. The Israelites thought they knew best. The Israelites thought, do you know what? I, I know that we can't conquer that promised land. There's an arrogance there. There's a pride that says, I know. I know what's going on here, so I'm going to take control of the situation. And it's so easy to hold on to our agenda, our thought processes, and our understanding in this time. But actually, it's wisdom to ask what God thinks and what God says about this situation so that we don't move in the wrong spirit, that we move in the opposite spirit, we move in God's spirit. Though it cost us everything, though it cost us the hurt that we have, we've got to put it down. Though it cost us our understanding, we've got to put it down to ask what God thinks about this situation and what he is saying about it. Proverbs 4:25. moving on. Let your eyes look straight ahead of you. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the path of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left, but keep your foot from evil. The best way to balance, the best way to walk across a sheet of ice is to get down on all fours and crawl across it. Humility leads to stability. We cannot be proud. We cannot be boastful about that we know that we've got it all together. We have to be humble. It will give us stability within our lives to walk through the season that we're in. We have to seek wisdom. We have to listen to God in this humble stance of God You've got it all together. You know, I don't. <laughs> and I have to learn and I have to hear the wisdom of God for my specific situation. As for me and my house, we will be steadfast. As a parent, you're always praying for your children, always trying to guide your children in the way that you want them to grow up. And I so want to raise my children to be steadfast, to be flexible with what's going on, but to pull in the opposite spirit of where the world is, to really know their God. And that's my prayer for you guys as well, that we would stand in this time we would be humble, that we would fix our eyes on what God is saying about the situation. We would gain understanding from him instead of just seeing everything from the world's perspective. Things of the natural may not change, but with God's perspective, we can navigate. With God's wisdom, we can walk out and walk through whatever is thrown at us. We have to be flexible though. We have to put down our understanding, our own thoughts, our pride, our arrogance, our hurt even. 
We've got to put it down so that we can hear the wisdom of God in specifically for your situation, for my situation, so that I can walk it out. I will be flexible. I will walk in a different spirit. I will gain understanding of the situation. I will put down hurt and pride. I will get wisdom from God. I want to know his word, his promises, and his truths, and I will keep my eyes fixed on God. I will be humble. As for me and my house, we will be steadfast, and we will serve the Lord. Worship team, if you could come up. I literally... (laughs) I want to... I want us all to stand. If you're in your living rooms, stand up. This is not a time to sit down. This is a time to stand up, to really see the situations, the specific to you, the situation that you are in, but also for us to lay that down and ask, God, what do you have? What are you speaking to me about in this situation? If there's pride, if there's a lack of understanding, if there's hurt, that is causing you to be unmovable in your situation, I want to charge you right now, put it down. Because we'll only end up hurting other people. If a building doesn't have flex, you, you, it's going to fall and it's going to crush people. We have to be flexible and moldable in this time. So the band are just going to play, we're just going to play a song, and I would love you to ask God if there is anything in your heart, if there is anything in your situation that you are holding on to so firmly that you're not allowing God to come and speak to you. And then I also want you to, to ask for the wisdom of God, that He would give you direct wisdom from heaven that will show you specifically how to walk through this season, how to walk through your situation. So I'm going to just pray. Father, I thank you that you guided the Israelites through the desert. Father, I thank you that in that desolate place you provided for them and that you are the same God then as you are now. Father, we pray for that that different spirit your spirit that guides us to just be to rest on us individually that we would feel your presence that father as we seek you as we fix our eyes on you father that we would hear your wisdom father we seek to understand your perspective in our situations and in our lives Thank you that you are steadfast so that we can be steadfast. And we choose today to say, as for me and my house, we will be steadfast and we will serve the Lord.